Welcome to the Cork Church Podcast. We are so glad that you're joining us today. We hope that this message inspires you, builds your faith, and encourages you in the things of the Lord. Enjoy the message. I want to talk tonight about the secret of happiness. If you have a Bible, I want to... Um, yeah, I, I, I'm trying to look at this from different points of view tonight, uh, which angle to kind of bring it to you, but it's, a, it's, it's an interesting thought, happiness. I want to talk about the happiness. Not a lot of happiness in our world, as you know. As you can see around today, it seems to be a very, very sad world. But let me first of all go to a scripture in Ecclesiastes chapter 3. I'm not going to turn to the reference, but uh, I'm going to give you a synopsis of Ecclesiastes 3, which is a very, very well-known portion of scripture to Bible readers, and, and it was written by Solomon, who's, the Bible says, the wisest man that ever lived, an astounding man in his, in his understanding of life, and uh, he writes this, he says, he says there's a, every, every time there is a season, and he says, there's a time to be born and a time to die, uh, a time to plant and a time to harvest, a time to kill, a time to heal, a time to break down, a time to build up again, a time to weep, a time to laugh, a time to mourn, a time to dance, a time to throw away stones, another time to gather stones, a time to embrace, a time to refrain from embracing, a time to get and a time to lose, a time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear and a time to mend, a time to keep silent and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time of war and a time of peace. Hallelujah. The Bible has tried to tell us that there is an order to life. Amen. God has put an order into life. And uh, friends, if your life is out of order, it's because you're not heeding the word of the Lord, that you don't know the word of the Lord. The scripture says, because of a lack of knowledge, my people are perishing. People don't know. People have lost all sense of direction today. And there's never been a time where people are more unhappy than the hour that we're living in. We have all this technology. We have, you, if you study history at all, you can see this is the most prosperous time of all times. You know, the average person today lives better than ancient kings. I'm talking about in the West. Better than ancient kings. Ancient kings couldn't turn on a switch and the light came on or the heat came on. Couldn't just turn on the stove and the gas was there. I mean, they lived in big palaces, but they had about 50 blankets thrown over them just to, just to survive a rough winter. You know, the, the luxuries that we have, the technology, the, the availability of, of knowledge, the ability to learn, the ability to go to school. and has ne- It's never been like this in the history of mankind. With so much medical breakthrough, so much scientific breakthrough. Uh, so much knowledge accumulated over the years, and so much wealth that we see. And all of us, friends, compared to yesteryears, we are very, very wealthy people. And I mean that for those of you who are even unemployed today in our ranks, that, you know, when you look at what your life is and the luxuries that we do have in this country, we are highly blessed. But yet, even with all those things to our credit, you could say, man has never been more unhappy. It seems to be that they don't even know what the order of happiness is. They don't even know what happy is. In actual fact, the word happy is not used anymore. Have you noticed that? You know, there was a time when the, you would have a Disney movie and they would say, and they lived happily ever after. You know, and it was, it, that word was always associated to some sort of fictional storyline. It's as if people didn't really believe happiness could exist. 
you know, and actually in Irish culture, after three pints, you're happy. After four, you're drunk. That's the sort of culture, do you understand? They don't know what happiness is. And so you, fun has replaced happiness. The fun is that temporary sort of, that sort of adrenaline, temporary sense of distraction or pleasure. But that's not happiness. A lot of people are getting fun and think they're having fun, but they're not happy. The more fun they seem to be having, the less happy they've become as individuals. And, and you know, the Bible has a lot to say about happiness because, you know, God wants you to be happy. You know, God cares about your happiness. You know, I've got children, and when I see any of my children, even though they're grown now, and I don't see them happy, it, it, it wounds my heart. It, I, want, I, want, I want to make life easier for them. I, I want them to be happy. I want this, to see them have that contentment in life, that sense of security, that sense of godliness, the Bible says, and contentment, that gain that comes from living the order that God has asked us to live in. Amen. And uh, so there's a lot to be said. And in Matthew chapter 5, I, I, want to, I want you to turn your Bible because we're really going to look at, at, at Matthew 5 and another scripture after that. But this is what is known as the Beatitudes. These are the words and the teachings of Jesus at the, Mount, at the Sermon on the Mount. He began to teach the people. And uh, I want to go to verse 3 of chapter 5. And this is the words of our Savior. He says, Blessed are the poor in spirit because theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the gentle, because they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, because they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, because they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, because the kingdom of heaven is theirs. Blessed are you when they insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Be glad and rejoice because your reward is in heaven. Interesting passage to talk about happiness, but this is actually a story. This is actually teaching all about happiness. How to be happy. Because the Bible's word, the word blessed or blessed means happy. It's not some fairy word, friends. It's something that God wants people to have. There's a happiness, for, for instance, Jesus is pointing out, there's a happiness when you understand that you're poor in spirit. Because when you understand that you're poor in spirit, then you're ready to open up your heart to receive the riches of God. It's not that being poor is blessed are the poor, happy are the poor. It's blessed are the poor in spirit. Men and women that have come to the place and understanding that without God, I'm empty. That's a, that's a happy place. It's a happy place to arrive at that time in your life where you can say, I will never be happy without him. It's impossible to be happy outside of Christ. There's no rest outside of him. And so all these teachings of Christ come and blessed are those who mourn. Not moan, those who mourn. Those who have that conviction about sin and mourn. And come before God with that, with that penitent attitude. There's, there's a happiness comes upon people like that. I want you to think of your own testimony. I want you to think of the time when, when you were confronted with your own bankruptcy of your, spirit, of your spirituality. Actually, recently I had a very close relative of mine. And we got to meet up for breakfast in Colorado. But he was telling me a story uh, about, you know, he's a very well-made, he's a, he's, a, he's a made man, as they say. He, he got his business in oil and he cashed in at the good times and he could retire. He's about my age. And, 
he's thinking rich and I'm thinking poor. So that's my, that's my cousin from me. But I know he's a great guy. But he was telling me the story. He said, you know, Nick, he said, he said, I was talking to my wife and we're, we started talking about religion. And she turned to him and she said, you know, you know nothing of God. You know nothing of religion. All you do is spitball your ideas about God. You know nothing. You've never read the Bible. You don't know about theology. You know nothing about doctrine. You don't even know God. Yet you have the audacity to talk about him. And he's telling me this with a smile in his face. But he said it confronted him of a reality. That he was bankrupt in the areas of, the things, of, the, of spiritual things. But it set him on a journey... And that journey was to start reading the Bible in the year, and God has been touching that man's life, I believe, is on a great journey with the Lord. But he, So think back of your own life, Christian, when you were confronted with your bankruptcy spirit, when you mourned, and then the Holy Spirit came and comforted you with his salvation, that the meekness, the humility, Jesus said, blessed are the meek, because in that meekness, God gives you everything when you humble yourself. Blessed are those, he said, happy are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness. Happy are you when your hunger is for what's right rather than what's wrong. Amen. There was a time that I was driven by a wrong appetite. There was a time where I hunger for what was wrong, friends. It wasn't righteous, it was unrighteous. And it made me unhappy in my life. And you understand that. Any of you that know the Lord, you know that to be true in your own, ex- in your own testimony. To be chasing after the things of this world. To try to satisfy yourself with the things of this world made you abjectly unhappy. You understood when Jesus said, happy are the merciful. Isn't it awesome to show mercy? You know, so often we have the ability to judge. And maybe we may have right on our side. Maybe you, you were offended. Maybe you, have, you caught someone with their hand in a cookie jar, be it verbally or literally. And you had the opportunity to be merciful. And you were merciful. It's a tremendous sense of blessing. There's a happiness comes over merciful people. Amen. The actually, the converse is the same. Unmerciful people are the most unhappy people you can ever meet. And these, these things are true too. And these are, these are the, the wisdom of Jesus. He, you know, happy are the pure in heart. Because there's a revelation, Jesus says, with those who are pure in heart. And those who are pure in heart, friends, are only those who have had a new heart. Those who have been born again of the Spirit of God. Who have had the old heart, uh, that hard heart removed and given that heart to flesh. They will see God. There's such a happiness comes into the Christian that knowing that one day we are going to see our Savior face to face. I just got sad news there a couple of days ago and on my news feed, a, a, a lady that I know, she's, she's, she's gone to be with the Lord about three days ago, but she's well into her 90s. She came to the Lord late in life. I think she was in her 70s when she came to the Lord. Uh, but a great, great Christian, great character, lovely, lovely lady. She went to be with the Lord just recently. But I'm just thinking about, you know, she's seeing him face to face. Hallelujah. The fulfillment of that. But she was always a happy, cheerful woman when she gave her heart to the Lord because there is that great sense that I'm going to see God. Our happiness, friends, comes from so much of these things in our lives. You know, happy are the peacemakers. You know, you can be part of the conflict or you can be part of the resolution. And I don't know about you, but if you live long enough, you've been in both sides of those camps. You know how miserable it is to be part of the conflict. But how happy it is. How blessed you are to be part of the peacemaking. Amen. How, how blessed it is to live in that sort of virtue as a Christian. These are the happiest people on earth, the Bible says. Blessed are the peacemakers. They shall be called the children of God. Happy are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake. It's a hard one to kind of get your head around, isn't it? When we consider today that there's, there's been more murders of Christians today, I think, than in any other century. 
You know, the, the, last, the, the last 100 years particularly have seen some of the most darkest persecutions against the evangelical body right around the world, and we don't hear much about it because there's not a lot of utility towards Christians in the world that we live today. But I want to tell you, friends, in the midst of those snares, in the midst of those dungeons, in the midst of those fiery furnaces, friends, in the midst of those times when the, the lion is set upon you, there's that revelation that comes from God. And it's a, it's a blessed thought for you and I to know today, friends, should God bring us into those places or lead us by his, by his leading into those places, it's a happy thought to know that my grace will be sufficient for you. Amen. No man hated his flesh. No man wants to bring upon himself torture or attack. But to know for righteousness sake that God will meet you with such a contentment I think about the Fox's Book of Martyrs. I read that as a young boy. It was one of the books my dad urged me to read, and I didn't quite understand why he urged me to read it at 14 or 15 years of age. It's, it's quite a dour book in many ways, but it, it deals with the persecution of the Christian church under the, under, the, under the time of the Inquisitions by the Catholic Church, and it was horrendous what happened to believing men and women all across Europe because they wouldn't bow the knee to Rome, and they wouldn't bow and deny the saving grace of God in their life, and they were tortured beyond belief, friends. And I read about young boys as young as 14 years of age. They, the word in the old English was, and after six weeks of torture, they expired. In other words, they died. And I began to think of, you know, how, how these men and women endured such hostilities against themselves. Because there's a happiness that comes from God into your life, friends, when you are persecuted for righteousness' sake. Amen. It's not that they were great people. It's that they had a great God. Isn't that a wonderful thought today? Because I used to stand in fear of that, that, you know, today we don't have the same caliber of Christian. We don't have the same caliber of men. Oh, the world war two generation or the World War I generation. Now that's a generation that could fight. That's a generation that could stand. The boomers, the ones that created the wealth in the 20th century. Oh, there, that's the generation. Or you go back to the 1700s. Oh, that was the generation that they could stand in the fiery furnaces. They were better people. But I want to tell you, they weren't better people. There's no good people. There's no big people. There's no little people. It's just a great God, amen, that will bring contentment and happiness into your life as you live for God. Amen. What a thought there is tonight as we look at the glorious words of Jesus. Happy is the man. There's not much of it, as I said, in the world today. There's not much happiness. As I said, in the English, it's, it's all but gone because people believe it's a fairy story. Happiness seems to be confined to, I said, to folklore, children's stories, bedtime stories, the kind of happy ending. But Jesus said, no, happiness is your portion. Happiness is the fruit of, of your life, friends. Happiness is what God wants for you. And God wants you to live happily ever after. But when we read, as I did from Ecclesiastes chapter 3, we see to everything in life there's an order to live God's way. And that's the, that, is the, that, is the, that is the antidote to living in this world in victory as a Christian. To live under godly order. Amen. To live in that place where we are drawing down the order of heaven, that we are submitting ourselves to the, to the will of God, that we have, as I said, the meek are the ones that have bowed the knee, amen, the ones that have humbled themselves and come to Calvary. I want to tell you, friends, that they're the men and the women that begin to see upon their lives breaking out as a manifestation happiness, such joy and such happiness in their life. The Bible is unequivocal. If you want to be happy, then you must possess 
the, the, the characteristics that Jesus talks in, in Matthew 5. All those areas of life that are yielded to him. But Hosea tells us that they have rejected knowledge. And we, we live in a time where even some of us can be sitting and we can be sitting under the word of God, either reading it at home or from the pulpit, and we can be resisting and rejecting knowledge. Because as the Bible says, happy is the man who does something like this. It also says something else about happiness. It also says, happy is the man that does not. And I want to look at that in a few moments with you. Much as it is, happiness is derived from who you are and what you do. Also, it's what you don't do will make you happy. Psalm 1. Blessed is the man that does not stand in the way of sinners. Have you ever asked yourself, even though I'm born again, even though I love the Lord, why is it that there's so much unhappiness in my life? Why is it that so many Christians that are not happy, yet their, their sins are forgiven, yet they, they, they hold to the name of Jesus, they say that they love the Lord, and, and, and yet they will say, I bow the knee, yet I gave my heart to the Lord. But why is there so much unhappiness upon, among what causes of the Christian church? And I believe David gave an insight in Psalm 1. And I just want to leave this as a thought to you tonight. Because I believe that God wants us to manifest his happiness. Amen. Uh, that, that, let me give you the definition for happiness there that I dug out. Happiness is to be at peace, restful, content, security focused on a certain future. Who wants to be happy? <laughs> See, fun will give you a buzz. But it doesn't bring happiness. And actually, I've had an awful lot of fun can destroy happiness. It can destroy a sense of good rhythm in your life. You know, it can destroy, it, it can destroy morals in your life. It can destroy foundations in your life. People derive their fun out of all sort of, sorts of buzz today, friends, that they think they're getting away with it, but it's eroding something in their life. And that's why David wrote that in Psalm, in Psalm 1. Blessed is the man who does not. In other words, happy is the man that does not. Happy is the man that does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly. Think about that. Why are so many Christians unhappy in the church? Could it be because of a lack of knowledge that we don't understand that maybe we are taking counsel from who we shouldn't be taking counsel from? Could it be, Christian, that you are taking more of the direction from your life from your circle of non-Christian friends? Or your circle of Christian friends, but that's not the same than getting it from God. Amen? It could it be that the counsel that we let into our life is not the Word of God, but it's every other theology and opinion in the world around us? Could it be that we are associating, as Paul says, bad company corrupt, corrupts good morals? Is it, is it a thing that maybe today you are as a Christian, you come to church, you, you say, I have my quiet time, but I'm deeply unhappy. But there may be a reason for this because happiness has to do with as much as what you don't do as what you do, do if that makes sense. Am I making sense or is it just Wednesday night? He gave a further insight, and I think this is very important for today. Because people are rejecting the Word of God, because people are rejecting the knowledge of the Word of God, first of all, there's a deep unhappiness in this world today. Even truths that have been established from time immemorial, that in the beginning God created man and woman in His image. Not different genders, man and woman. When we reject the knowledge, when we listen to another mentality, when we listen to another philosophy that's not of the Word of God, that's not of God, then all of a sudden we begin to see how that erodes the happiness. How many Christians today are listening to the wrong narrative? 
You're listening to the wrong view. You're listening to the wrong voice. And you're rejecting the word of God. And in that, friends, let me tell you, there, that's not a vacuum in your life. It's, it's not a passive situation. You're not going to just reject the word of God and reject knowledge and not have a consequence to that. And we begin to see that the first thing that begins to leave the Christian when he begins to walk after counsel that is not godly is that they start to lose their peace and their happiness. Slowly, there's no more smiles on their face. It's anger. It's, it's frustration. It's confusion. They don't even understand why they're angry. They don't even understand why they're rebelling against everything and everybody. Black is white, white is black, the sun is the moon, the moon is the sun. If I want to say that's the way it is. It's amazing when you start listening to the wrong counsel that it takes away your peace, it takes away your joy, it takes away your happiness. And I've seen it as such a sad commentary, really, in the hour that we live in today with so many Christians moving away and listening to the wrong counsel in their life. And God would say to you, turn again to me, the author of life. Come, look the rock that you were cut from. Look at the, the, the dung heap that you were lifted out of. See how I have restored you and loved you and showed you much kindness in your life. And yet there can be a rejection of that because why? We start listening to the wrong counsel. We start listening to the counsel of the ungodly. And it's like a sort of a slow backsliding, isn't it? When you read Psalm 1, he, he, let me get it out for you and I'll read it exactly for you here. Uh, I changed horses. I was going to use my iPad and I saw my Bible here, but I didn't put the markers in tonight. Psalm 1, if you've got your Bible, just turn briefly to Psalm 1. That's the very first Psalm in the book of Psalms. This version uses the word happy rather than the old King James, which is blessed. Happy, how happy is the man that does not follow the advice of the wicked. Oh, can you hit, say amen tonight? Oh, be careful what voice you're listening to, Christian. You know, it's mutton dressed up as lamb. It's not on the word of God. It's not from the heart of God. It's from faulty vessels. No matter how much they tell you, how much conviction they have, it's not making you happy. Because they are wicked and they don't know the Lord. Just like you and I, when we were outside of Christ, our wickedness was everywhere. We permeated wherever we went. And he talks about, who does not take advice from the wicked, nor walk in the path of sinners, nor join the group of mockers. Uh, it's like a progression, isn't it? You kind of stand and then you walk with them for a while and then you end up sitting with them. And there, that is a progression backsliding for the Christian to be very careful of. Remember what I said when Hosea said, people have rejected knowledge. Remember what the scripture says in Jeremiah, that because of a lack of knowledge, my people are perishing. And because we reject the word of God and because we reject what, uh, and we, we, we have a lack of understanding of the word of God, we find in our, in our entire world as a Christian, we begin to come to these very, very low moments where our, our theology might be right. Well, Jesus died. Yes, I believe that. He rose again. I believe that. But why is it, Pastor? I'm so unhappy. Well, I will ask you, are you standing with the ungodly? Are you listening to ungodly counsel? Are you walking with that? And as they ended up sitting, it's a real picture of going to the pub, if you ask me. It's like that progression. Hey, come on out with us. Let's go hang out with us tonight. That's the ungodly calling to you. I'm already going to have one drink. Let's go walk it together. Before you know it, you're sitting at the seat of scoffers. And I want to warn you, Christian, tonight, that if you're unhappy, 
you're going to have to look at your life, the shape of your life. And ask yourself some honest questions before the Lord. The way you're going, the counsel that you're listening to, has it brought joy to your life? And I can guarantee you it hasn't. I know it hasn't. Because there's no, there's no joy, there's no happiness in that life. Who does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly, who does not stand in the way of sinners, and does not sit in the seat of scoffers. It's amazing that when that bad company, how it begins to affect your worldview, that bad company, how it begins to affect your thinking, your attitude, your behavior. You know, some of us, you're just going to need to find another playground to hang out in. Some of you are going to have to pull back from some friendships that are so wrong and so off-field and so left-field that they're bringing you down a road in a thinking that's so far from the heart of God. And yet, you know, they, they may have their plausibilities and they may have their arguments, but I'm telling you, you're getting more unhappy by the second. Is that sense of shade coming over you, that sense of brokenness coming into you? And God would look from heaven and he would weep. He would weep because he wants you to be happy. He wants you to have that security. He wants you to have that place of rest in your life that you can say, it is well with my soul, amen. He wants you to go to that place of growth as a Christian where you begin to say, you know, not only am I happy now, but I'm going to stay with Christ because he's the only one that will keep me happy. I'm going to walk with him because he's the only one that really knows me. I'm going to trust him, even though the world would say, why don't you try this? And why don't you try that? Well, listen, you can if you wish, if that's what you want to do, but look at the consequences that everywhere, nobody escapes it. Nobody escapes it, friends. The Bible says the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life. The Bible also says, be not deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, that shall he also reap. If you sow to the flesh, the apostle Paul says, you will of the flesh reap corruption. And so there's a time when we're under such assault in this world today where so many are listening to the wrong narrative, listening to the wrong company. I want to tell you, take a step back from, from those those sorts of people, and have a look at the type of life they're living and the lack of happiness that's in them. Everything is always projection of their own fears and their own angers onto everybody else because they can't deal with the person themselves. But this is what he said. Instead, his delight is in the Lord's instruction. Can you say amen tonight? His delight is in the, the word of the Lord, is, is the way I learned it. And he meditates upon it day and night. Friends, tonight, the happiest people in this world are the men and women that said, my delight is in God and in his word. And not only, not do it, I just don't intellectualize it, I internalize it, I bring it into my life. I meditate upon it. When he speaks to me, I listen carefully. I meditate upon his word day and night. And the Bible says, he is like a tree planted beside streams of water that bear its fruit in season and whose leaf will not wither. And whatever he does, he shall prosper. What a glorious, glorious thought. What a glorious life to live, friends, when we go God's way. What a glorious life that manifests in us when we simply adhere to the word of God. When we come back into, into the order of God. That's why I, I, that's why I started in Ecclesiastes 3. Because it's telling you to everything there's a season. To everything there's an order, friends. And if you want to be happy, it's like the old hymn. Myself and my friend were talking about service before service. Teddy and I were just talking about worship and songs. And I grew up with all the hymns. That's my background. But one of the hymns I dearly love, it says, Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. And tonight I want to leave you with that thought. Will you trust him again with your happiness? 
And when you obey his word and stay away from the wicked and the ungodly places and say, much as I may be tempted, I'm not going there anymore because it's bringing nothing but unhappiness in my life. Some of you know it. Some of you have born it. Some of you have seen it in your children. Go wayward, become alcoholics and drug, drug addicts. Coming home with multiple babies, not by different fathers, broken lives, broken faces, broken homes, broken emotions. Now broken bodies are re try to reassign, make girls into boys and boys into girls, and they're just creating an absolute awful pit, friends, because they've rejected the order of God. They've rejected the word of God. They've rejected the knowledge of God. And they talk, they'd hewn for themselves cisterns that can't hold water. They try to make something. They try to make an airtight argument, a watertight argument, friends. They try to fill it with their own water, but can't. It's leaking everywhere. And that's why the lives of these people around us are so tragic to behold. But that should not be your portion, Christian. The Bible says you should, your delight should be in the word of the Lord. You should meditate upon it day and night. And you should be like the tree planted by the rivers of water. And your leaf will never wither. And whatever you do, in the name of Jesus, it will prosper. Amen. Hallelujah. This is the word of God for you tonight. If you're unhappy as a Christian... I want to challenge you. You may not be like this. You might be, oh, you know, I have no circle in my life that's ungodly that I watch in or do. But maybe there's some tonight. And you know who you are. And I don't preach this to condemn you at all. I've, I've lived long enough to know that I've fallen into that pond myself many times in my Christian journey. But I want to tell you, when arrested with the word of God, I had one thing that I did do. I humbled myself. And I said, okay, God, I'm unhappy the way I'm living. By your grace tonight, by your kindness tonight, Lord, I'm going to find godly order again. Hallelujah. I want to be a tree planted of the Lord whose leaf will never wither. And whatever I do will prosper, Lord. It will bear fruit in season. I want to be happy again, Lord. I don't want to be conflated in my thinking. I don't want to be, Lord, duplicitous in my living. Lord, I don't want to be house angel, street devil. God, I don't want to be lifting up holy hands here at Cork Church tonight and then I found down the local later on, knocking back the drinks and letting the profanities flow around me. Listen, Christians, it's not just the company out there in the world, it's the company you keep online. What are you watching? What are you feeding into your life? Even right down to the movies you watch as a Christian, you have to be very careful, friends, what you watch. You have to be very careful what you let into your mind, what you let into your heart, what you let into your spirit. You have to be very careful, friends, because, you know, those, those forces are always trying to distort the image of God. And you know tonight, if you're caught in those areas, it is seeping away the happiness out of your life. You're just the saddest Christian in the church. Your sins are forgiven. Yes, God loves you. Yes, he does. You ascribe the name of Jesus, and he loves you, but you're miserable. Why? Because you're in that place where that company, whether it's by a physical person or a friend or a collection of friends, or some sort of online comfort, things that you watch. We watch things today as Christians we would never even thought about watching 20 years ago, 10 years ago, 5 years ago. We are hearing about the abominations, friends, and disgraceful stuff, and yet we all turn a blind eye to it. May God help us to be the trees of righteousness. May God help us to return back to living a godly life. Because the Bible says godliness with contentment is great gain. I want to tell you tonight, and listen to me very carefully. Anyone that tells you any different than this is lying to you. 
anyone is telling you that you can go out and live the life you want to live and be happy, I want to tell you there's no happiness there. That is a fable. Better off not using the word happy because you won't find it there. But blessed is the man. Hallelujah. Happy is the man. Happy is the woman. Who, who the Lord is their God. Happy is the man. Blessed is the man whose God does not impute sin to. Can you say hallelujah tonight? I'm a happy man. I'm a happy woman because I've put my faith in Jesus Christ and I'm putting all my confidence in him and I take no stock in the flesh of what any man of the flesh would say to me. Right now, come back to that place with the Lord where you are living your life the right way and you'll begin to see the restoration of joy again in your life, happiness flowing out of your life, and you will be a happy story, friends. You will be to those who see you, a man or a woman full of the joy of the Lord. That will be a strength in time of need, amen. That will be a shield in time of attack. Hallelujah. I pray that for us because I see so many, so many embracing not a godly order into your life, so many embracing not even a godly mentality of who you are. And I'm talking about gender and I'm talking about all that sort of trans stuff that's going on. I don't care what people say about me here at this church. I want to tell you, go God's way, you'll be happy. You go that way, you'll be miserable. You'll be so unhappy. To be happy in Jesus is to trust and obey. Can you trust him? I said, can you trust him tonight? Can you put your confidence in him? And he will pour out his spirit upon you without measure, friends. And whatever you do, your leaf will never wither and you will prosper. Hallelujah. I want you to stand with me tonight because I know there's some that will struggle. But I'll, I'll, I'll say to you again in closing this message, happy is the man who does not go the direction of that. Happy is the man who finds the Lord as his God. Happy is the man that walks in the walk of righteousness. Happy is the man and the woman that lives under the shadow of the cross. And if you tonight have strayed from that, I know where you're at because I've done it myself. You're not happy. In actual fact, you're very miserable. And it's awful. It's awful to see. For those who know you, I'm sure it's very sad for them to watch your life in such disarray. And for you yourself to have such brokenness as a Christian is not something that God wants for you. But there has to be that coming back and say, oh God, I'm going back to living your order in my life. Amen. I'm humbling myself. I'm hungering and thirsting for righteousness. I'm going to be the meekest man. I'm going to be a peacemaker. I'm going to be a preacher of the gospel, the good news, the love of God. I'm going to spread the rainbow, the true rainbow of God's love to everybody. Amen. And as you come to that place tonight, I believe God will meet you in a tremendous way where you say, the Lord will be my portion. The Lord will be my strength. The Lord will be my joy. The Lord will be my peace. Let me tell you, friends, there's no one greater than him who, fight, who stands and fights for you that will open up his arms and bring you to a place of fruitfulness again. Maybe you've passed through a few seasons as a Christian. Maybe years have gone by and there's been no fruit in your life. You've just been so compromised and so listening to a, another voice. Now, tonight is the night you can say, oh God, I'm getting that right with you. Oh God, I come before you tonight. And I ask you, Lord God, to forgive me. Now, close your eyes, bow your head tonight. Say, oh God, I ask you. Oh God, forgive me, Lord, for trying to make myself happy. Look at the things of this world and be so led astray by it. God, I'm so, 
I've been so foolish, Lord. I've rejected your knowledge. I've rejected your spirit. And I went out and tried to do it my own way. And Lord, it's led me to this place tonight. But I thank you that you're here, Lord. And that, Lord, you're touching my life. Come on, let the Lord touch you tonight. Bow the knee. This is not a meek. For they should inherit the earth. If you just humble yourself, God will touch you. God will begin to lift you up. God will begin to speak to you again. God will help you again. Father, I pray in Jesus' name now, Lord, for that young man, that young woman, Lord, whoever they are, whoever they are, that God, you will just, Lord, let them be those trees again, planted by that river. Leaves will never wither, and whatever they do, it shall prosper. Prosper them now. Touch them again, oh God. Revive them, revive them again. Lift them out of the compromise, Lord God. And Lord, I pray, God, that they will sense the joy of the Lord, that happiness from heaven that will flood their heart and their life. And I pray this, Lord, in the most loving and wonderful name of Jesus, our Lord. Amen. Amen. God bless you tonight. Thank you for tuning in with us today. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Cork Church. Also, make sure to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you have any questions, you can email us info at corkchurch.com or just check out our website. It's www.corkchurch.com. Again, thank you for tuning in and we will see you next time.